Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is Leah Warshawski, co-director and producer of a wonderful documentary entitled Big Sonia. Welcome to the show, Leah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I sent you an email last night after I watched this film because I couldn't stop crying. I don't know how many mm-hmm. tissues I went through when I was watching it last night. Oh, my goodness. It's such a touching, uh, inspiring documentary. Um, um, so our guests know, do you want to talk a little bit what, what the documentary is about, but all, and then also how it came about? Um, well, it came about more than 12 years ago. Um, Sonia is my grandmother, and we'd always known that she had an interesting past and an interesting story, but a lot of people have interesting stories in their family. And it wasn't really until my husband, Todd, um, came to her shop with me for a little kind of development scouting meeting. And tell tell the audience what the shop is what kind of shop she has. And she runs a, a tailor shop. And so, you know, I'd grown up going to the shop and there were tons of funny stories about the shop and it's kind of the, the hub of all the action. But we, I just wasn't really sure if it could be anything more than a short film or anything more than a family film until Todd started investigating with me. And the two of us together kind of came to the conclusion that yes, this her story and not just her story, but the story of how she impacts other people could be a film. And so we actually had started out making a short film and really had the goal of keeping it under 40 minutes. But the more we went through production and the more we unraveled and the more interviews we did with family and people out in the world and teenagers and inmates, um, it became really clear that it needed to be a feature film. So it ended up at 93 minutes and we've made actually a lot of different versions. We did a full theatrical run. We have a version, a one hour version now that's on PBS and that's what we're promoting. Um, We have an educational version that's 45 minutes. We have a broadcast version that's 52 minutes. So in the last 12 years, we've had many, many iterations of the film and all with the goal of education and impact. And um, so it's kind of morphed into something we didn't expect when we started. Of course, I want everybody to watch the film, so I don't really want to divulge all of the details about what it's about. But I can tell you that it's unlike any other movie about a Holocaust survivor you've ever seen. And it ebbs and flows and it's, you know, there are funny moments and sad moments and then funny moments again. And there are a couple of um, scenes in the movie that people have told us, you know, they've never seen before in any movie about a Holocaust survivor. So I would love for people to see it and kind of make their own decisions about it. It is really unique and educational and we're very proud of it. And you should be. You you really should be. It is unique and it's very special. How difficult? I mean, there's so much to it too. And you're right. And I don't know, I'm thinking if you're going through all the different edited versions that you have, how did you decide at what, you know, when to, what to cut, what to edit it out? Well, that, for I mean, different that's, yeah, that's the hardest part for any filmmaker. I think in a lot of cases, it wasn't up to us. It's dictated by what the network need. They give us a time that we have to stick to and there's pretty much no leeway around that. Right, right, right. So right, it, was, right. it was difficult. For the educational version, we did bring in a lot of educators and teachers to help us figure out what would be most impactful for their classrooms. So we had a lot of advisors helping us 
say this, we want this in our class. We don't need this. We need this. So they helped us put that puzzle together. For PBS, it was very difficult because it's a chance for us to have millions and millions of people watch it. And it's very, very tough to cut down an hour and a half into an hour. And there's so much content in there. Mm -hmm. Um, That was the hardest one we've had to do. And we made a cut that had all that checked all of the boxes. We slept on it. And in the morning, we woke up and said, this isn't the cut that we feel good about putting into the world. And so we went back and re-edited, added a little bit of the humor, I think, which is what we were both missing in it. Yes, Sonia is a survivor and she went through horrible experiences during the war. But what makes the, the movie engaging and what makes it unique are these moments that um, are relatable and universal and sometimes funny and quirky. And that's what made the film doable for us. And so we added in just a little bit of that and um, feel good about it. But again, it's, it's really tough. I don't think everybody understands how hard it is to cut content in that way when you spent a lot of creative energy debating every single second of the movie it's your baby and so how yeah. do you, you know it's your baby yeah. that you you know you birthed basically and you yeah. know how do you you know decide you know what to change i mean the version that i watched is the pbs version mm-hmm. that's the version that was sent to me okay. and i as i said to you i couldn't stop crying it was very impactful it was oh, funny it was everything that you've just thank described you. so the oh, editing good. thank you you're yeah, welcome <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> because i wouldn't i didn't know what the 93 um, minute version. Yeah, exactly. There's a couple (laughs) things in there. Yeah, people who've seen both ask us, oh my gosh, where's that? And why'd you have to leave that out? And so it's, you don't know what you have, what you don't know, right? Right, right, 100%. So I can attest that the yeah, yeah. Uh, PBS version is uh, is, is absolutely um, moving, inspiring. Um, yeah, it has everything you would want. Um, oh, in, thank you. In a documentary. Yeah, that feels good. Yeah. I appreciate that. You're very welcome, and I say that honestly to you. Thank so. you. <laughs> I'm not trying to butter you up. No, I know, I know you. I appreciate it. You're you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, How difficult was it to have Sonia tell her story? Because um, what I gathered from this, that she really didn't talk very much about what had happened in her life earlier. And um, so what prompted now? Why now did she start to tell her story? Well, she started talking um, about it in her 70s, I believe. And she's 96 now. Wow. And so she had been talking about it before we made the film. But um, her her oldest daughter, Regina, was really the one that helped her get her story to a wider audience. Because Regina created a PowerPoint presentation and started going with her mom to talk. And so the two of them together have their presentation that they do. And that, you know, the support from Regina was what really was the turning point, I think. It it helped her speak to more people because at first she was just talking to book clubs, you know, or anyone who would ask her to talk to their family or their kids. And now, not now, but, you know, in her prime, I guess, when she was doing a lot of speaking, it started being only for... You know, she would say, well, if it's not 500 people or more, then I can't do it just because it's so much energy. So, you know, COVID 
stopped all of that. She hasn't done, and she doesn't use technology, so it's not possible to do things on Zoom and the phone is a mess. So I really, you know, stopped telling her story in that way during COVID, but we have the film and right. there's no, there's no substitute for going to hear Sonia in person. Um, but the film gives us a way to reach a really huge audience with her story in the best way that we can. Yes, definitely, definitely. Let's talk a little bit about going, there's a lot of things I want to touch on, but yeah. going to the high schools or going to schools, grade schools, actually, um, all the schools. I mean, she does. She goes to all different levels, correct? Yeah, uh, she was doing middle school and high school, okay. mostly. Okay. College. Um, show says, yeah, like over, starting in sixth grade, I think. And the impact that she's had on these students has been, it's really just amazing. Um, and then you go back to one of the students that she uh, had uh, talked to when she was, what, what, 13 or so, 13 or 14. And then you uh, fast forward to when she graduated from high school, was she in college, I think. Um, yeah. And so she, I mean, and what she has decided to do with her Yeah, life. and that's just one person. Right. You know, that's one person out of right hundreds of thousands of middle schoolers that we don't know we could because we don't follow all of them we are i'm sure there is more a lot more impact that we're not aware of oh, but i think sure. what what happens when she goes and speaks with middle school students is that they realize that she was their age when she watched her mom die you know in a concentration camp so they they find that out and they think about their own families and all of a sudden it's very relatable right and that's certainly what we did when we were filming and we went to middle school and there's that really impactful scene in the movie um, where she's speaking with a group of middle school students and they all start talking about their own trauma and that's what her that's what meeting her does for you you can't help it you know you can't help but think about your own family when you hear about her family so, you know, we, we made the film with them in mind and we made the film thinking that we really need to make an impact with the next generation. And Sonia is in a unique position to do that because, you know, she's so small and mighty and um, colorful. You know, they, they just seeing her is an experience. And we've really enjoyed speaking and doing programs with middle school and high schoolers because they're impressionable and that you can have a conversation with them and relate her story to their family and they get it. Um, and it's been a, a real joy to be able to share the film with them. And again, like we haven't done it in person since COVID, but we still do a lot of online programs and I hope that it's, I hope that we can continue to do that. We're always looking for opportunities to share with middle schools and high schools in person if we can, I hope we can do that again. I hope so too. I think what you know her her message and what she's talking about is extremely important. And mm-hmm. in, in today's world, right now, with all of these people that are coming out and denying that the Holocaust even yeah. happened, it just got to be shocking to her. To you know, then every day there's something else out there about right. a Holocaust yeah. denier. How did, do you have you ever talked to her about that? How she feels about that? Yeah, she's. You know, she battles with kind of anxiety and depression anyway. And I think now she's really having a rough time. So 
it's a slippery slope to try and talk about those things with her. Um, I'm actually trying to stay away from it just because it, it, she goes to a really dark place. So, yes, she's aware that the world is pretty messed up right. at the moment. Yeah. And it's she's 96, so I don't want to add to that stress, but she's it's she's not in a great place no no that's, um, that's it's been really tough yeah that is tough does she still have her tailor shop yep she still has the shop and um she goes as much as she can her hours she doesn't go as early she's never been a morning person anyway <laughs> so <laughs> you might catch her between like noon and two <laughs> those are the best working hours <laughs> but it's that's her you know that's her reason um she wouldn't I don't think she would, you know, still be thriving if she wasn't, if she didn't have the shop to, to manage. I think it's so important. I think that's what keeps people young and youthful yeah. is having yeah. something that you're passionate about, that you Absolutely. enjoy, that y- it gives you a reason to get, get up and get out of bed every day and go see people and put on your makeup and do your hair Absolutely. and all of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Totally. Absolutely. It really does. It's um, it's amazing how many, and there's so many people who are living so long now. So, and yeah, I think yeah. so many of them are remaining active and uh, vital, and, and that's just yeah. so important. Just so important, and keeps your mind going. You know, that's, absolutely, yeah, yeah, very much, very, very important. Yeah, um, and yeah, she's just amazing that she still has a you know a tailor shop at 96. It's a, it's just yeah, yeah it's wonderful. Crazy. It's absolutely wonderful. And I'm sure COVID, you know, um, curtailed that a little bit too, um, I'm assuming, during that time period. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about how did she decide or how did it come about that she decided to go to the prisons and talk to the inmates? Um, well, her her friend Sue Ellen Freed, who's also in the film, um, saw an article about Sonia in the newspaper. And Sue Ellen runs the Reaching Out from Within program in prisons. And as soon as she saw Sonia's story, she thought, well, the inmates would love to hear this in person. And so Sue Ellen reached out um, and we kind of facilitated a meeting between them and went with Sonia the first time that she went into the prison. And she's been a handful of times since. And Sue Ellen, you know, understood that Sonia's story would be really relatable for the men and women that she works with. And it was. And it was, you know, a joy for us because it was the first time that I've really seen Sonia actually like impacted by somebody else's situation and story because hers is so extreme. Nobody can really understand her unless you've been through it. (laughs) And so speaking with the inmates is the closest that she can get other than other survivors. And um, yeah, it's definitely one part of the film that a lot of people respond to and say that's their favorite part and they've never seen that before. And um, I had not seen that before, although I know of another survivor who does go into prisons um, and speak. I just don't think it's, (laughs) it's not something that happens every day. And again, like I'm glad we did it before COVID. We were able to include it in the film and, um, We've been back to some of those prisons to screen the film, and they just saw it. it was the PBS version was on KCPT in Kansas City, where Sonia lives, and I heard that some of the inmates saw it on PBS, and that 
they couldn't finish it because it was too emotional. Yes. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, it was emotional for me, and I'm not even part of that. So I can only yeah. imagine for, for the inmates that were in the film itself and, and, yeah. and how they, how you could see that being in her presence, hearing her story was impacting them and changing their lives and how they felt. And, and let's, I mean, that was just that the transformation again, mm-hmm. that she's, she's going around by sharing her story and transforming people as she goes. And that mm-hmm. is just, if there's anything any of us can do in this lifetime, if we have that ability right, right, to right. help others and, and maybe in some way transform them, but look at what she's doing with this wide right. net. Right. And also right. your film is doing it. Your film is getting it to that wide audience as you said right, and then right. and people who watch it will be transformed and, and and they will you really will be you'll start to think a little bit differently about how you do some of the things you do yeah. or the things you say and things like that so yeah and yeah, that's think. the goal. Yeah, that's why I love what I do, and that's why I love talking to Absolutely. documentary filmmakers because they, their films do, cha- you know, have that ability to change people's thinking in their lives yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Very yeah, much so. Helpful. Let's talk about the optimist um, creed because that's what also drew uh, your your grandmother's friend to contact her. So let's talk about that. Yeah, a the optimist. Bit. Well, the optimist creed they. Um, recite it at the reaching out from within meetings at the beginning of every meeting. And in the article that Sue Ellen read about Sonia, she saw that Sonia had that up in her shop. And so that was just another connection that kind of thought, oh, well, this is serendipity that we need to meet. And it's there's an international organization called Optimist International, and it's, their, it's under their purview. So it's just something, another sign, I guess, from the universe that those two were supposed to meet and know each other and they've become best friends since then. That's it's really wonderful. really sweet to yeah, watch. Very wonderful. And it's such a great creed too. So yeah, for everybody. It's the best way to live our lives, right? Uh, yeah. I mean <laughs> Being, if you can, yeah, yeah. If you can, yeah. you try as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. What was the most difficult part of filming this for you, Leah? Um, there were a lot of a lot of difficult parts. I think just you know it was a lot of it, it took a toll on my kind of health and well being over time, just because there was a lot of pressure um, to make it a great film to finish it while Sonia was still alive. I mean, that was our number one goal and you just have no guarantees about that. So uh, that was challenging, felt a huge weight there. Uh, Funding the film, just like funding any film, was extremely difficult. Uh, It took us a very long time. I mean, I think it took, from the time we started till the time we premiered, I think it was about 10 years. Wow. So... We, you know, and that's that's solely based on funding. So it was it was tough. Um, everyone wants to see the film done, and it's a lot easier to raise money once they can understand the impact. But pitching it 
and developing it and producing it without any guarantees of how it's going to turn out and the impact it's going to make was was really tough. Yeah, and then just make you know making a film about your family. I think anyone who's done that would say the same thing. It's complicated. It's complicated. There's a lot of challenges that come with that. And I have a big family, so <laughs> that just makes it exponential. <laughs> yeah. In some of the things I read, you, you said you talked about how it was for your 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 father and his sisters, correct? Um, that it was very difficult growing up because your grandfather was also a Holocaust survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up in that environment, and they didn't really understand it because I don't know. I didn't. I got sort of gathered that she didn't really. They didn't talk about it. But yet there was this whatever. I want. I'm going to use the word heaviness or something that was mm-hmm. going on. You know that that was going on for the family, and that was. Difficult for your aunts and your dad. Can you and and then now you say you are the granddaughter of a Holocaust survivor. So how you know talk a little bit about that. What that means uh, for you? Um, well, there, anybody who you know grew up in a family with survivors can I think feels that kind of rain cloud. Or <laughs> there's always stuff that's talked about and not talked about, and that's why if you meet. You know, for my dad and his sisters, um, when they met other families, other kids of survivors, they have a um, connection, like an, an automatic connection. So unless you've been in that situation, it's hard to explain. You just know that there are things that happen that you don't talk about. And I'm sure a lot of a lot of families have traumas that they don't talk about, but um, Holocaust survivor families are pretty typical for not being very closed off, you know, not divulging everything. It's just too difficult. So Sonia and John had friends who were survivors and when they got together, they could talk mm-hmm. freely about what happened, but they didn't, they didn't want to tell a lot to their kids just because they didn't want their kids to be burdened by it. But right. you can't help feeling that there's a burden right. as a right. kid or a grandchild. So you know there's these things that aren't talked about. And as you grow up, you discover more and more details and decide how much you want to know and how much you don't want to know. But it never goes away. You always have that history in your family. What does Sonia think of the film? What are her thoughts after she saw it? Well, fortunately, we finished it and she was in good health and she was able to come to she was able to come to the premieres, both of the premieres, because we did Napa and New York in the same week. So oh, wow. um, she came to Napa for the world premiere. And then actually she came to New York when we had our theatrical release. So she was able, she's always wanted to be a movie star. <laughs> and so she, it was like, we won two awards at, at our premiere and she was like over the moon. And she, you know, she lives a life longer than our movie every day. She, I don't know if she understands how many millions of people have seen it um, because she's sort of the, the way that she thinks is kind of whatever's right in front of her at the time. It's hard to concept. It's hard to understand that. Right. But um, she loves the music. She loves the animation. She, you know, had a really enjoyed the process of being on camera all the time, which is something I can't say about most people. You know, it's hard. I hate being in front of the camera and for a documentary subject to love being on camera. That was great for us. But she, yeah, I mean, she's a star. She's a total diva. She is. She's totally a star. Yeah, diva. I like that. Definitely a diva. So this is um, right now, it's on PBS. People can uh, view it all over the country uh, and on their favorite PBS station. Yeah, it's right now. We just started a three-year run on PBS. So you can watch an hour-long version of the film on PBS. The full-length feature is on Vimeo On Demand, but also Amazon or Amazon Prime and a couple of 
other online platforms, but those are the easiest. And then we have a website that's bigsonia.com with more information and the educational version. Um, and we have some other things in the works, including an immersive project that will launch probably this fall where you can have a conversation with Sonia oh. online, which is interesting. Wonderful. Wonderful. Wow. Yeah, we're, we're still going. I mean, she yeah. just left me a message yesterday. She's, and she's 96. So as long as she's still going, we feel like, well, we should keep going. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, everyone seek out Big Sonia, uh, be inspired uh, by this amazing woman and this wonderful documentary. And I wish you much success with it, Leah. Thank you so well, much for being you. on thank the show. Thank you for watching and letting me talk about it. It's always, it always <laughs> feels very therapeutic now to, to rehash. Well, I'm so glad you thanks. did. I'm glad you did. Thank you. Well, thank you. If you've missed any of the Jam Price Show's All About Movies, you can go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, where all the shows are archived or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, the iHeart Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we are there. You can also go to our YouTube channel. And while you're there, please like and subscribe and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Jam Price Show. Thank you all for listening. Jam Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jam Price Show, all about movies. 